Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Mino Line Media presents the Business First Podcast. Hi, all, and welcome to a new episode of Business First with Sonia Aline. I am your host, and today we are talking with Tamara Amore, who is the co-founder and chief operating officer of Talent Activated, which is located in one of my favorite cities, New Orleans. How are you, Tamara? I am wonderful, Sonia. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yes, thank you for being here. And did I pronounce your last name correctly? It's Armore. Pronounce Amore. Um, my Amor. husband is a New Orleanian, um, so his okay. Creole last name pronunciation, but Armore Amore just depends on where you come from, how you pronounce okay. it. <laughs> beautiful last name, which means love. So yes, it does. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, well, thank you for being here. Tell us a little bit about your agency. Absolutely. So Talent Activated um, has been a labor of love. We were founded in 2018. Um, really, somewhat coincidentally, my uh, sister and I, my blood sister, um, she and I were living in New Orleans at the same time. I had just gotten married. She had been living there for quite some time and um, got a phone call from the folks at Essence. And they, they reached out to my sister and said, hey, um, we know you used to have a technology company that did HR or something about that. We're going to be in New Orleans. We really need some support with um, one of our brands, Shea Moisture, to, to host their BeautyCon um, activation during the festival. And so my sister happily accepted, except that she did not have have experience in managing activations. Um, so just so happened that that's my background and expertise. I've been in um, the spirits industry for a very long time and, you know, events and activations and promotions, a really large part of, of what I've been able to learn how to, to do at a very high level. So she rings me up and she says, hey, would you want to come on this event with me? I, I have like the know-how to hire the people, but I don't know how to manage them. And I certainly don't know how to successfully execute this event. So I was happy to do it. Um, we did the one event, kind of did it and, and didn't think about it again. And then a year later, uh, they called us back and they said, hey, we'd love for you guys to come back, except we'd love for you to stop the entire festival. And it's a pretty massive undertaking if you've ever been to Essence Festival. And so we thought, wow, what an, a tremendous opportunity and what trust they must have in us to be able to do this successfully. So we literally hung up the phone and decided that night, okay, we got to make a business. <laughs> we're going to make this a thing. And, and what really was special was that we were both feeling this need, if you will, to try to figure out how to impact the economic situation in New Orleans. It's very, very specific. Um, I'm from Houston. We're from Houston, but moving to New Orleans was one of the first times I really saw like the haves and the have-nots very loud, very clear. And on the have-not side, more often than I would like is people of color, Black people specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, Very, you know, smart, brilliant, capable, 
Black people that just maybe haven't had that opportunity or maybe haven't got that, that dot connected the way they needed it to. And I thought, wow, what a what a tremendous opportunity for us to use Talent Activated as a vehicle for people because there's so many vibrant and smart and <laughs> great business people that come to Essence, whether that's they them um, you know, activating their brands or they're just coming as visitors. And we just want to be like kind of a gap filler, if you will, to get people from where they were to where they wanted to be. And so it became more of a, uh, like I said, a labor of love because it, it never was about the money for us. We, we didn't start it because we were like, hey, we want to make some money. Um, we started it because, you know, someone saw something in us and then we saw that opportunity to give that, pay that forward to other people in our community in New Orleans. Wow. So there's so many things that I love about this story. Um, and, you know, in preparation for this interview, I, you know, I went through some of your social media. Mm-hmm. And so now there's a post that you did that makes so much sense um, on Instagram, on the talent mm-hmm. activated uh, piece. Mm-hmm. And it said, begin anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for someone, for a lot of us, and, and I can speak for myself, who sometimes, you know, get caught up in protocol or where do I start or where do I begin or how do I, you know, how do I move the next piece? Um, I love that your sister didn't have a particular expertise in this area, said yes, called you, and you all just started. And so when when people ask you, um, well, actually, I, you know, I'd like you to talk about the, the post a little bit. So when you say begin anywhere, uh, that's literally what you've done. So you speak from experience with that, don't you? Absolutely. And begin anywhere for us really means do what you can with what you have now. Um, and really kind of having a, a bit of urgency in that. I think a lot of times business owners get so caught up in the perfect time or the perfect amount of money or the perfect team. And the reality is, is that that rarely happens. Even after a long time in business, like the stars don't always align that way. It's just not how business, the world or anything really works. Um, and so, you know, we just felt like, we want to instill in people that the time is now. The time is now. The opportunity is here. The time is now. If you have something, start there. We'll, we'll help you get the rest of the way or we'll give you the resources or we'll kind of be a conduit to help you get the rest of the way. And so I think, you know, another, another one of our taglines and really core values in our company is excellence at all levels. So, you know, we say that because a lot of people feel like, oh, well, I'm just, and we don't let people say that. We're like, we don't, you're not just, you are something, you are somebody, you're worthy. It doesn't matter if you're a junior assistant, if you're a brand ambassador, or if you're the CEO of the company, you're not just anything. You are that and be that fully and be excellent in that until you get to your next step and into the next step. And so it really is kind of a um, being all in wherever you are mentality and everything that we do and at all levels. Wow. That's great. That's great. You know, what are you hearing right now, particularly since you're in in the talent um, business and and that's your expertise? You know, everyone's so concerned with all the layoffs. Everyone's concerned Mm -hmm. with... um, you know, the, the, that we might be going into a recession, you know, depending on who you talk to, some people say we're, we're definitely headed into a recession. Some people say that, you know, they're not sure whether or not it's going to be as serious as, as people are, have concerns about, but what are you, what are you feeling? What are you hearing in terms of people also thinking that maybe this is not the time to leave a job and start a business because we're, we're not sure about what's going on in, um, in, our, in, in the economics of our country right now. 
I'm hearing a lot of uncertainty from a lot of angles, both. So, so I also work full time in the corporate um, environment. And so it's really been interesting to see how this is coming together from both angles, because you've got this big corporate giant system um, that, you know, is profit first, um, not often people first. And it does, it has to operate to the benefit of the stakeholders and it's, you know, a lot less community first. Um, and so in that regard, we have seen a lot of layoffs, not particularly in my company, thankfully, but across the corporate landscape. I think that people in general, like the human response is a lot more um, positive. I think, you know, uh, my colleagues and I and my friends and I talk a lot about like, it can't be worse than the pandemic. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> like that's kind of like a baseline. It's like a new baseline, right? It's like before the right. pandemic, we might have all been panicking right now a little bit, but people are like, no, we're like, we kind of have the power a little bit. And if I don't work here, guess what? I might take my skills with me um, and I'll go do something else or another place will be hiring or I'll use it to parlay it into a business. That's why a lot of companies are actually having trouble finding talent because literally the workforce has started to do something else. They're not even in that particular industry anymore. You see that in education by the numbers. They can't find mm-hmm. teachers. Why? Because teachers have moved on. Um, you know, people in the tech industry, they, they overhired. But guess what? Those tech folks that are getting laid off, I've never seen so much positive on LinkedIn, positive mm-hmm. comments about people that, you know, I, I got laid off from my job today. But you know what? I'm going to take this as an opportunity to be grateful for the time I had there, be grateful for the people that I met there, take a break, and then I'm going to start again. And so, you know, yes, there's the uncertainty, but there's also just a sense of calm that I think people feel because we went through those two years of like real, real, really uh, scary, um, detrimental times to where this kind of seems, you know, not, not as big of a deal in some, in some regards. Yeah, you make such an excellent point there because, you know, with the talk of recessions, usually there's that prep time, right? Where mm-hmm. you have time to get nervous and you get time to get to, to be worried. You know, when the pandemic first happened in 2020, everyone thought by by May we'd be back out and everything would be fine. So this totally knocked us off our feet and we had to figure out how to move on. And to your point, we did. We figured it out. You know, we of course, we lost a lot of people. There were a lot of, you know, there, there was a lot of a pain during that time, a lot of adjustment. But those of us who are here had to figure out how to um, move on. So you started your company in 2018, um, which was before the pandemic. What happened during that time as, as a young business, two years in, to now have to deal with with the pandemic, with what was going on in 2020? So we completely pivoted our our model. So our model was built around the gig economy. How do we take professionals, people who have otherwise full-time jobs or full-time students and bring them into a, an additional uh, opportunity to earn income, something incremental to whatever it is they're doing full-time. That was a, that, that is our model. That's we returned to that model, in fact. But during that time, there were no events happening. There was nothing. There was literally no business to be had. Every client that we had shut down, all the festivals, all the anything experiential, putting people in the same place at the same time at scale didn't happen. So we actually pivoted to a long-term hiring model, um, which worked to our advantage because there were some industries like, for example, the airport, um, who really was struggling to find staff that was willing to come in and work during the pan- pandemic, who was willing to be um, 
kind of frontline workers, if you will. I mean, not frontline in the sense of healthcare, but still, you know, mm-hmm. you did have people traveling. You did have people that needed to be, you know, move, mobile. And it, you had to have people that were willing to do that, especially at a time where folks were getting, you know, their PPP loans and really didn't want to work. And then you saw a lot of people exit the workforce because I, I'm getting my PPP loan. I'm actually okay. I don't have to move around the city quite a lot. I think because of that, we that we were able to slide in, be, become a solution for a lot of businesses that were faced with those labor challenges. Labor in general is a challenge. It's hard to find good people. It's hard to skill them up and it's hard to keep them. It is, it is a tougher model to maintain. It requires more manpower, woman power. Um, and we didn't really have that because, again, that's not who we wanted to be, but we wanted to keep our business afloat during that time. So that was our solution. I hear from a lot of, of businesses and corporate businesses, small businesses, that talent is really hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, did that change um, after 2020 or is that, has that been a consistent experience you? It's a consistent experience, but the the reason why it is a challenge has continued to evolve. Um, I think post-pandemic, the employees really have a lot of leverage um, because as we talked about earlier, once employers let people go and they actually figured it out and found other ways to make money, created new businesses and moved on with their lives, they realized, you know what, this job is not, it's really not that deep, you know, uh, for especially for a lot of people that are making, you know, $15 an hour, $18 an hour, and they don't have a sense of uh, belonging or a sense of a long-term career. And that's a, that's a pretty large percentage of the workforce. Um, and so people just kind of feel like, you know what, I don't have to do this. I'm going to leave. So that's kind of the the mentality now, but you're seeing that as we usher in a younger generation of workers from, you know, from minimum wage all the way up into, you know, the corporate environment, millennials and younger really don't see themselves staying at companies for, for long periods of time. They really are not willing to negotiate with their balance and work and life. Um, and it's just different. I mean, the, the landscape of the work, the work landscape fundamentally is different. And so employers have to provide different things than we did pre-pandemic to keep people engaged, to keep them performing at a high level. And so what we find is that that turnover rate is is higher. It's actually increasing. Even though people are being asked to come back to work and they're being given jobs, they just don't see it as an end-all be-all anymore like, you know, we used to um, pre-pandemic. I think it just, you know, that was kind of like the great reset of like what's really right. important in life. And people have not departed from that. They're, they're just they're just not, it's not as easy, you know, as it once was for employers to have the upper hand. All right. It sounds like in your description of Talent Activated that you all do a lot of coaching. Mm-hmm. So what have you found in terms of the, the benefits of, of mm-hmm. your business in the talent in, in New Orleans and, and how you've been able to make people feel about themselves, how to raise their confidence level? Like what, what has that, what lessons have you learned for yourself in that process? What I've learned for myself is that service is key to leadership. One cannot exist without the other. I think a lot of people want to be a boss and, you know, they want this title and it really is not real unless 
service is kind of your first and last mission and what you're doing. And so service gives me a lot of joy. Um, being able to help people find their North Star. I've been very, very blessed. I, it's not lost on me that people don't realize their purpose. You know, it's hard to find your purpose. It's, it's very, very, very vague and challenging and it takes a lot of trial and error. And for whatever reason, I've been blessed to know my purpose. Um, since very early in life um, and be very clear about that. And so, you know, when I mentor, when I coach, or even when I just, even just in my conversations with my friends, my family, I'm very, very adamant about helping them see themselves, one, as an enterprise. Um, We all have so many things to offer to the world, not just a job, not just this. That's why we don't say, I'm just this. You're not. You you have so much to offer to the world, whether that is in your relationships, whether it is how you mentor people, whether that is in your work, um, whether that is in something else, in the way you give back to your community. Um, And so I think that's one thing I really enjoy in my serving is like giving people permission to see themselves in a multi-hyphenate capacity and then act upon that um, and, and use it to their advantage economically as well. Because when you see yourself that way, you can bring in more streams of income. You can utilize yourself. You know, um, personal utility becomes a, a really, really uh, highly engaged tactic for people that they don't realize that they have or that they don't realize they have the agency to have. Um I think for New Orleans, a lot of a lot of people that live there uh, haven't left. They they they're born, raised. Like my husband told me when I met him, he was like, "No boys don't leave Nola." I was like, "Okay, I guess I'm moving to New Orleans," <laughs> and I did. And I finally got him to leave New Orleans. But it is it's it's such a uh, it's such a tight knit community, um, and that's not a bad thing. However. It's something you have to acknowledge that, you know, when you want to be big, when you want to grow, when you want to have a dynamic life, um, you do have to get out of that one place, one vision, one culture, um, you know, kind of mindset. And so I really encourage people to travel, you know, go, doesn't even have to move outside of New Orleans, go spend, spend a week in New York, spend a week in, in Houston, D.C., you know, get, a, get around other people, other cultures, and really start to expand your mind and the way that you think about things, the way you see the world. Um, because ultimately, even when you do come back to New Orleans, that makes you a, a stronger individual, more marketable individual, smarter individual, because you know more. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, for me, like I said, it's the service part for what I give. It's really about helping people to just expand their mindset, expand their confidence. I, I tell people all the time, like my biggest thing, life is a confidence game and you got to know, you have to know what you bring to the world. You have to know what you bring to the world and you have to be non-negotiable about that. I love that. Life is a confidence game. It is. We've only had maybe four companies that uh, either had, they were, you know, where, where owners were working with partners that they were related to or married to. Um, what has that been like working with your sister building this, this business? Oh, it's been a dream. <laughs> I, I don't know how, again, we didn't set out to do this. So I can only say that, you know, God and the universe conspired, but uh, a little bit of background as to how it happened. My, my sister, um, She's brilliant, first of all. I just, I mean, she's my big sister. We are 
22 months apart. So we've been like wow. frickin' frack since we were babies, you know, cabbage pad dolls, a whole nine, all the way up, up the chain. And so she nice. started a technology, a HR technology company um, back in 2012, 20, 2013. So this predates, you know, Zoom adoption, all of like the technology that we know and love now is kind of really predated that. So her concept was really before its time. And so she she did a really outstanding job uh, pitching for business, pitching, sorry, for um, investments. Uh, Steve Case, the co-founder of AOL, invested in her company. Richard Ludinus, the co-founder or the founder of S's, invested in her company. So really smart, successful business people saw her, heard her business model, believed in her and gave her funding. And so she was able to grow this company over the course of a couple of years. She evolved it. Um, and then she got to a point where, you know, everybody knows technology is very fast evolving and you do need continuous investment in order to scale, in order to grow, in order to keep your technology up to date. So long story short, she ended up having to dissolve the company. And we don't talk about enough what happens to a person when you have to dissolve something that you built from scratch that you put everything into that you fully believe in and it doesn't succeed. And it just so happened that when she made that decision to dissolve her company, I just moved to New Orleans. I lived right down the street from her. And so I really saw her work through that um, in a very, very uh, difficult way. It was it was a very hard time for her, it was a hard time for, for her family, myself included, just trying to support her and like help her understand that, you know, w- this is one thing, like this is not who you are. Like all these people right. believed in you, we believed in you, you had a successful product, it's okay, we move on. Um, and it took her a little while to see that. And so, you know, when when the opportunity with Essence came about, I saw that as this is my little sister way of like, oh, yeah, of course, me to the rescue for a change because you've been, you know, saving my behind my whole life. And I've been walking in her, you know, in her foot behind her footsteps my whole life. It's like, wow, this is a great opportunity for me to support her and something that she needs. You know, it's work related. It brings it brings kind of the, the whole situation full circle of like, see, you know, look, you are valuable. Like for all the people that they could have called, they picked up the phone and they called you. I'm going to come in. I'm going to help you do this and we're going to do it together. We're going to, we're going to kill it. We're going to crush it. And we did. And, you know, a year later when it came back around, we were like, wow, are we business partners? <laughs> it seems, <laughs> seems like we are. Um, and so it just kind of, again, it happened naturally. And so, you know, we're the best of friends. We really are. We don't, we don't agree on everything, but we respect each other deeply. Um, we love each other deeply. We love our community deeply. And so, we are aligned on those things. And so everything else is kind of small in the grand scheme, you know? Wow. And you, and you bring up another excellent point about even the best of us mm-hmm. have challenges mm-hmm. and, 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 not only is it possible for us to work through the challenges, but we also need support. And sometimes when you see mm-hmm. people who are strong and dynamic, mm-hmm. you just think that they can handle it. And mm-hmm. so the fact that you and your family knew that she needed the support, needed the guidance, um, and needed the um, compassion to be able to move through this is actually great. And 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 here you are now. Where do you see yourself? And um, in the next five years, the next 10 years, how far out have you built your goals? Oh, wow. Um, We've we've built our goals out for the next five years um, in detail, maybe for the next 15 or so years in, um, you know, more broad paint strokes, if you will. 
Um, so I think ultimately our goal is um, for for the next five years, we want to engage higher uh, drive economic impact for a minimum of 10,000 per year new workers in the economy. So our kind of our overarching goal is we want to build the next generation of the workforce. And more specifically, we want to build the next generation of the black workforce. Um, And the reason I call that out specifically is because the black community has been, and I don't, I'm not telling any, you anything that I'm sure you don't already know, but traditionally we're under, underserved, under resourced, under, 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 you know, you name an, an under, that statistic probably yeah. applies to us. And so it really does have significant outcomes for us when it's time for us to go into the workforce. That's why when you go into the corporate environment, it's like, well, why, why can't we find more black, black people at the executive level? Why don't we see more black CEOs, CFOs, CMOs? Because we're not necessarily set up for that right. from the beginning, whereas other communities see that for their children from day one. Um, and they set them on that path for from day one. And our community has challenges, not just systemically, but even within our within ourselves of seeing that we can be that. And so right. we really want to be what we want to see. We want to be those people that stand as an example, um, not not because we're the CMOs, the CFOs. Like, I think that mm-hmm. kind of doesn't matter. It's kind of uh, um, not relevant to this. It's really about that mindset shift um, mm-hmm. from not necessarily needing to be in a CMO position to know that I have CMO qualities or that I'm worthy of that position. We, can, we don't have time to really wait to see somebody in those roles to say that I should be the person to take on that. I have those skills. And so we want to, you know, 10,000 people per year that we want to touch, that we want to bring through our system. Um, part of part of what we do differently than other staffing agencies is we are very high touch. It, it is very one-to-one. Like for Essence, okay. for example, I talk to literally every single of the 550 people that we hire before they set foot on the floor at wow. Essence. And that's intentional. It does it take a lot of time? Yes. Are we probably going to be able to scale that to 10,000? I don't know. We're still working through how we do that. But it's part of our process. And it's a part of our process because it's bigger than just festival. It's bigger than that. It's about how do we change people's lives? How do we help them set them on a path to wherever it is that they're intended to go, you know, in their purpose in their life? And so having those high touch moments with them is really a game changer. And so many people, young folks, especially in, you know, from Xavier, from Dillard, from some of the high schools in the New Orleans area will come up to us just randomly uh, in the grocery store later on or, you know, at a basketball game. Oh, Miss Tammy, Miss Tammy, do you remember me? I worked at Essence. Oh my gosh, I'm doing this in journalism and I can't wait. I can't wait to come and work with you. And it, and it, 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 it tells me that one, what we what we did with them, however small the world may have viewed it, it mattered to them. And if it mattered to that, if that one moment matters, then we did our job. And if they can do that for somebody else, um, you know, then we can kind of start to see our seeds be planted and really harvest kind of what our broader vision is, which is, again, to build the next generation of the Black workforce. So that's kind of our, our broad, broad goals. In the next five years, we want to do that quantify it by reaching 10,000 new gig workers per year for a total of 50,000. In order to do that, we definitely, you know, part of it is talking with people like you, getting our vision out there. Our mission is critical. We need people to help us 
actualize that. We need more partners. We need more more folks bringing people into the organization so that when we have jobs, we have people that are skilled up and at the ready to take them um, and to do them successfully. Um, and I think the other big thing that we want to do um, in the next five years is really come up with a, a dynamic training system um, that is unique to the Black experience. Because again, and I say this, I say Black a lot because it is yeah. different. It is different <laughs> it's and different. it's nuanced. And, and we have yeah. to approach it that way. And it's special. You know, and I say it's different, it's nuanced, but yeah. it's special. And it's, it's important that we acknowledge what Black people go through on a day-to-day basis if we want to get the best out of them in the workplace. And unfortunately, not a lot of companies have uh, the know-how, the knowledge in order to mm-hmm. be able to do that. And because the Black community is such an integral part of American commerce in general, not only how we spend our money, but also how we show up to the broader business world, um, we have to skill our workers. We have to skill them properly. We have to give them the resources so that they can be successful, so they they can get to that next milestone in their careers. And so we want to be, we want to take the responsibility of being one of the entities that does that. Yeah, I mean, you and your sister exemplify exactly why businesses are so important in our community. Mm-hmm. And um, that 60,000 um, number, I would like to say that we are here to support you in any way that we can. Um, because like you said, it's it's not, it, it's this is what's important. Boots on the ground, people touching one another and inspiring people where they are to see themselves or see the opportunity that they can see for themselves um, in other places. So I'm really excited and inspired by the work that you're doing. Thank you. Um, and thank you for coming on and sharing sharing that with us. Absolutely, Sonia. Thank you for having me. And thank you for the vote of confidence and the support. It, it means the world to us. Um, and, you know, it does, it will not be forgotten. We'll take that, put it in our little toolkit and then help it help us get along our way. Absolutely. So tell us where we can find you, follow your story um, and support your efforts. Yes. So our um, website is talentactivated.com. You can find us there. Um, we're also on Instagram and Twitter at Talent Activated, exactly how it sounds, T-A-L-E-N-T-A-C-T-I-V-A-T-E-D. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, Tammy underscore Sosa. And you can find Crystal, my sister, and my business partner on Instagram as well, at GoToCrystal. Okay. And I know that you're a mom and a wife. And so um, thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to come on and share all of this wonderful information. Like I said, we look forward to having you back so we can hear updates on where you are. Uh, But we also look forward to supporting you any way we can. So thank you so much for being a part of the show today. You're very welcome, Sonia. Thank you again for having me. And thank you all for listening. Please check out the, the website and see us again next time when we have another dynamic guest. Take care. The Business First Podcast is hosted and produced by Sonia Aline, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the Business First Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcast. 
on social media on IG at business underscore first underscore podcast. Follow the Mean Old Line Media Podcast Network on IG at Mean Old Line Media. Get the Mean Old Line Media app in the App Store or Google Play. The Business First Podcast is a Mean Old Line Media production.